Good evening, Patriots. And it's Thursday, May 19th in the year 2022. And for those on the East Coast, you are now into Friday. We'll catch up with you soon. Patriots, before we begin, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep, that you've got the good things to get a good night's sleep with. And those products come, the best ones on the market come from MyPillow. MyPillow right now has an amazing sale going on right now. Buy one, get one free. It's BOGO, what they call BOGO sale. It's fantastic. Plus other great sales, including $90 off on a pair of my slippers. An absolute incredible savings. Here's a great message from Mike Lindell. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products. Patriots, that's Bards FM. I mean, I'm Bards FM. It's mypillow.com forward slash Bards. Yeah, you're listening to Bards FM, just in case you're confused. Mypillow.com forward slash Bards. Your promo code is Bards. Enjoy getting some incredible savings right now. And some of these specials are only featured on our homepage. So Bards is your promo code. Mypillow.com forward slash Bards is the place to check it out. Great savings, great offers right now. You can also use that promo code anywhere on the Frank Speech site, on the My Store site, and of course the My Pillow site. And if you want to speak to a real person, you can call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939, and use your promo code Bards. Well, Patriots, we're coming up into some pretty big events on the 22nd of May, and that's just a few days away. And, of course, on that day, it looks pretty certain, and I've been saying it would happen, that the hand puppet Joe Biden, who's being run by the globalists, is going to hand over sovereignty of the United States to the WHO. And this is not a small issue. Because what's going to happen literally overnight is that we no longer have rights through any mechanism in our country because the back door to all control is going to be the pandemic. They've already launched their next bio round, which is the monkeypox issue, which, by the way, if you're gay or bisexual, I would be concerned since it seems to be only infecting gay and bisexual men. Mm, that's too bad. And so you're going to have to, it, we're going to be round two in a new in a new pandemic, and the who is going to have authorization to demand what doctors issue as medication. They're going to be able to dictate to at a nation level who has to, if everyone has to get COVID passports, which you know that's what they're going to do. They're going to ensure that everybody is compliant, or if not, you're going to be threatened. But keep in mind that the one thing they haven't taken away is our Second Amendment right. And I say that very seriously because there comes a point in time when there is a point where we fight fully with the sword of the Spirit, but when it comes to your home, be prepared to pull the sword of steel. 
Your home is your sovereign space, and you will and must defend it. It's that simple. We are dealing with a, a tyrannical evil that is unleashed. And my big concern about this issue with the WHO is I have not heard a single politician say anything about it. I don't care who they are. I haven't heard a single influencer say we shouldn't be passing it. And the issue here is that when this thing goes into place, I'm not certain that anybody wants to remove it. Now, in fairness to President Trump, he did move forward to have us move out of the WHO, and he defunded the WHO. So I don't know what the legalities are of this, but these people don't care about legal, and these politicians don't care about legal. Every single one of these dirtbags that's in office has been part and parcel in this whole tyranny. And there is a point here when we're going to have to start buckling up to realize that the magnitude of the evil we're facing is going to have to be confronted ultimately and destroyed. This is not an easy time for any American, and I don't know to what degree they're going to go to with this. I'm, and I'm not going to be passing fear porn to try to be talking about domestic wars and all of that. But this is a point, too, to be very focused and not take it too lightly. The insanity and the ludicrous nature of these people is unbelievable. Where we have to continue to go is to be prepared to endure a period of time. They are seizing control of the food supply. They are shutting down agriculture to provide new, new food. I am convinced that they've been geoengineering the hell out of our weather. And I don't think anybody can deny that. I cannot believe the weather we're having here in May. We're actually getting another freeze for the next two nights. So I was literally out just a bit ago in the garden getting things covered. We built frames today to to make small cold frames over stuff I just planted. I'll be out late tonight putting on covers on more of the crops. We're going to have to adapt. And like I said in the previous show, part of adapting means that we have to expect to work harder and to fight harder. And we're going to have to do all we can to protect our ability to survive. Part of stocking up on food was to be prepared for such a time as this. And it's only going to get worse. I'm more than convinced that what we're facing here is going to get much, much worse, in fact. There's a, an account called Loop, if you don't know who Loop is, called Mr. Loop. Um, it, it posts some interesting stuff, sometimes on target, always kind of forecasting what's to come. Has somewhat of a Q-esque sense to it, but much more clear than Q. And I'm going to read something that was posted there tonight that I don't disagree with. At all. In fact, I, I think it's on target. And it says, deceit. Don't be fooled. Satan the deceiver in the next days, weeks, and months, their deceptions and lies will get bigger. Everyone will be ugly, mad, and bad, but never them. They will raise the voltage and the pressure more and more. Fears on fears. Bluff. Everything is to maintain control, but the more they try to push on it, the more they will lose it. Look at the facts and reality, not their black magic. The facts will be the opposite of, the wor of their words. The bad alien narrative is coming. We knew that's happening. That's why they did the UFO thing. They, they went for this bad aliens are coming to invade the world. 
that's you can check that one off your box to say that you've been waiting a long time for aliens to land and finally it's happening. Project Bluebeam is going to be in full effect. And that's something to be aware of too. Part of the cloud seeding that somebody pointed out recently is likely to prepare for Project Bluebeam because Project Bluebeam needs a reflective surface in the atmosphere. And so they need to be able to have an ability to project and create holograms. They've tested that technology before. From everything that is coming out, it appears that the what happened in 9-11 was not an aircraft, but a hologram that people saw and actually filmed. So it actually has at least a physical form that can be captured on digital film. And it looked real to most people that saw it, even though the entire thing was rigged and they used nanothermite within the building to collapse the building and then magically be able to forecast the buildings were going to fall before they ever did. So this is the, the type of world we're in right now, and it is a crazy world. I want you to hear this piece on the WHO Treaty coming up. This is, a, gonna, like I said, the 22nd of May is when they're voting on this. I was hoping this wasn't going to happen, but it looks like it is. Biden is going to go ahead and join the WHO Pandemic Global Treaty. Now, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, take a look at it. It basically hands over to WHO our global biosecurity. The ability to mandate vaccine passports, mandatory vaccinations, medical care, and even travel restrictions. If WHO says we need to have a vaccine passport and everyone needs to get vaccinated, that's what every country will be forced to implement, regardless of our democratic process. And let's not forget, WHO changed the definition of a pandemic. It's now anything that relates to a worldwide epidemic of disease, which could be just about anything. Now, but to just recently, we didn't think Biden was going to agree to the treaty. But quietly, on January 18th, amendments from our administration were sent to WHO. Of course, no press conference, no discussion with us. The same organization that was useless during the pandemic. That wouldn't investigate the source of the virus. Primarily funded by Bill Gates. Goodbye, U.S. sovereignty. This isn't over, folks. And no, it's not. It's a long ways from being over. This is going to require us, in the end of the day, to be working locally to ensure that we have freedom and sovereignty. I happen to live in a very good county, even though we're in a blue state. Our sheriff is very clear that he will uphold the Constitution and that our county is going to remain sovereign. I would highly recommend that people take time to meet their sheriff, get to know who's on your county commission, and be prepared. It's important. It's going to come down to the solid few, which in our case I would say is a remnant and a very powerful remnant because we're walking truly with God. And that is a powerful force that gives us a position to be fearless in the face of this evil. But this is a wicked evil. And give us, here's an example. This was out in the Gateway Pundit today, and it's, it's stunning. Take a listen to this. I mean, they have arrested over 135 individual teachers or teachers' aides since 2022 for committing child sex crimes. That's basically one teacher per day is being arrested for child sex crimes. This is unbelievable. This is the world we are now in. I am telling you again, I say it here and I say it with, if you know, I don't, I do say it as bluntly as this, get your kids out of school. And if you'd have no people to have their kids in school and they're willing to listen to you, help them set up a homeschooling program. We have to start working together as much as we can. For those that don't want to listen, well, that's the way it goes. But the issue at hand here 
is that they are moving at a high speed. We're now they now have called for a new domestic terrorism bill. This is a new one. The House Democrats on Wednesday passed a domestic terrorism bill to silence conservatives and those Americans who disagree with them. Democrats used the mass shooting by a lunatic on Saturday in Buffalo, New York, to justify the legislation that will allow the FBI to continue to spy on and harass conservatives and critics of their radical agenda. The new law is, is nothing new. Throughout history, brutal regimes have suppressed criticism from their dictators. We're there. This is, this is the world we live in. And it doesn't matter whether we agree with this hand puppet, Biden or not, it is not him. It is a group of people, and they're many, that can completely consume our government. And they consume part of our military, and they consume some of our law enforcement. And these people are hell-bent on destroying the United States and subduing the people that object to them. They are drunk on power. And from my point of view, and, and just I'm blunt, I've said this before, when you start living like that, you're no longer human anyway, so you're, I'm just going to classify you as a lizard head whether you are or not. These people are, are ridiculous, and we have to start putting our foot down on this at a local level and ensuring that as communities we stand strong. We have to break from the dependence on them. I can't stress that enough, and it's not easy. Every one of us has to be doing their job and it's hard work, and we've got to be learning skills and acquiring what we need and working together as quickly as possible. Our objective is to break from this and to separate from this, and that's exactly what we must do. But we're a long ways from accomplishing that goal at this point in time, and yet I know that we can do it, and I, I truly mean that. We can accomplish this in huge ways and will, but... Our, our challenges ahead are many, and they're, they're going to be many. And I don't say that to be a downer. I, I think that, you know, the, the hard part I think that we as a public have is we don't really like to hear news that's contrary to what makes us feel comfortable. And we're in a point right now where we have to start looking things square in the eye and being accountable for what it is and being truthful for what God's put before us. God's given us an amazing gift. And that gift is that we've been allowed to see the world with, with eyes to see. We've literally been able to, to witness everything before us in such an amazing way. And it really goes back to what I went over last night. And I'm going to read it again tonight, which is Matthew 13, 24 to 30. Tars among the wheat. Jesus presented another parable to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tars among the wheat and went away. But when the wheat was sprouted and bore grain, then the tars became evident also. The slaves of the landowner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does this have tars? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The slave said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, for while you are gathering for the tars, you may uproot the wheat with them. Allow both to grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather up the tars and bind them in bundles and burn them up but gather the wheat into my barn. One of the profound insights into this passage is that 
it's not an outside source that fixes the problem. What fixes the problem is eyes to see, patience, and determination then once the once you decide to make the move. Timing in this literally is everything in this passage. You have to wait until the wheat has grown, and when you execute the harvest, only then do you take out the tars. We're in a very similar situation. We've all been sitting here quietly trying to get through our lives, some being lulled into a false sense of security, others pining for the days of old, others worried about what's to come. This passage, Matthew 13, 24 to 30, is very clear that none of that is relevant, that when we're focused in a fearless walk with God, what we're looking at here in the world is we're now able to sit comfortably, patiently, and wait until all is visible. And then at that time, as we gather our strength and gather what we need, the slaves aren't overworking. He's reserved their energy to focus on that point of, of harvest. And then when they harvest, they harvest together and they do it all at once. The tars are, are ripped from the ground and they're bundled and burned and the wheat is put away in the barn. But it's very easy to distinguish which is which. And that's the critical piece. If you've ever grown radishes in and parsnips. This is a good example. I was just actually working on my radishes and parsnips today, and this is why I bring this up. Radishes and parsnips actually grow very well together. In fact, you can buy the seeds in what's called a tape, and the tape comes in a way that they're, they're put together. So you, lay, you actually lay the tape into the soil. It's a, it's a, a biodegradable cloth-type material, and you put that into rows. The radishes tend to come up first because they grow quickly and they give some cover and protection as the parsnips grow. And then you're able to harvest both. But when they're, when they're young and you're looking, you cannot tell the difference between the radish and the parsnip. It's very difficult. I'm not saying you can't, but it's very difficult. Only when they grow up and get to be full grown can you start to distinguish the difference between, between the two. The radishes grow quickly, the parsnips grow slow. And then when you're able to pull all that up, you're able to have a harvest. It's a really nice harvest, in fact. But you're able to, you're able to see the difference once they grow because the parsnip greens grow very tall and the radishes tend to be fairly low, but you can't see them otherwise. We would not have been able to see the world. We, in fact, we didn't see the world that it is just a short time ago. Whatever has happened in this last couple of years and when, however God has worked things, which has been amazing, and we've been witness to that, but I'm just saying the way that all things have been brought together in God's way is that we've been given this amazing gift to truly see now what this whole world was like, and it's continuing to reveal itself. We, did, we couldn't have imagined this many groomers that were embedded in our public schools. We couldn't imagine all of the various things that they were going to put into an injection, even though parents have been claiming this for years when it comes to autism and injecting their kids. We've learned now that the babies now that were born in Brazil, which there was a huge surge of babies being born with small and deformed heads, undersized brains, and they said they were blaming it on the water in Brazil. It had nothing to do with the water. Australian scientists now have proven that it was what was in the injection that was given to mothers before COVID as a precautionary for some disease. This is, this is the sickness that we're in in this world, and they've been doing this forever. 
and it's not new, but yet somehow we don't pay enough attention. Let me give you a couple examples. If you've read Marx, Das Kapital, or Capital, which is one of his big, his legendary volumes of work about the, the capitalist system, Marx Capital, Volume 1, spends a, certain, a very important amount of time at the beginning of the book talking about the industrialization of England, which takes in the period of about 1700 to early 1800s. In this period of time, we learned a couple of things that are really important. One was the Land Closures Acts, in which they forced farmers off the land and into the cities. Sounds familiar. Sounds kind of like Agenda 2030. Very similar. As corporate interests bought up the rural land and they seized control of the food production process. Workers that came into the cities then became dependent on the food that was provided in at company-owned stores. Again, sounds familiar, vertical agriculture and the building of, of, of the agricultural production facilities in urban centers. One of the things that they would do, that manufacturers would do, in order to increase the profits on bread, on, on their bread, is that they would in, include talc and sawdust in with the flour to try to extend the mix, reducing the nutrition massively and increasing toxicity of the workers, but they didn't care because the bread was still the same cost, but they were able to get produce a bread that was cheaper and lower nutrition to keep the, world, the workers lower in energy and more obedient. When we go to the early 19th century, 1900s in the United States, Upton Sinclair publishes the book, The Jungle. The Jungle documents the way that the food production industry in the United States was working. It was disgusting. The sorts of things that went on between the slaughterhouses, even stories of humans being included in hot dogs or even into relish was a common thing. As people would die on work or fall into a vat, they wouldn't care. We're, we're finding these big eye-opening moments now saying, oh my goodness, look how bad everything is. It's been this way. We just have turned a blind eye. Finally, we've come to a culmination of moments where we are able, have to face the reality. And God has put us into a place now where literally as a nation, we are being judged. And we are in that valley of decision. And we are having to decide which way we're going to go. And in all of the noise and confusion of all this, of all the threats, of all the condemnation of those that seek to not comply, of all the threats of FBI and Secret Service and censoring and all these things, there is something that's very important to appreciate. Is that they're all distractions from the fundamental separation of where we're going. We are now at the gates. The wide gate is calling loud. The narrow gate is sitting off to our side, and it's one we have to choose. And it's really that simple. One way of path which many will follow will be the path of ease and convenience. The wide gate, the easy gate, the path to destruction. And they will choose it. And there's no stopping that. People will seek an easy way out. And, it's, and I say that because too many people don't have a fundamental relationship with Christ and a deep, intimate relationship with Father. That, is a, that process alone is a complete dedication to what we're guided to do, a trust in our faith at another level, a standing on the rock of faith that never allows us to be knocked off. We don't waste our time trying to build houses on sand. 
We stay focused on the message from God. Some days it's loud, some days it's a whisper, but we're constantly seeking that relationship and asking and checking in with God. Even in days when we're tired or worn down, we're feeling the world is heavy, we're leaning on Father to help us through to understand. Thing is, we never quit. We keep going. We keep climbing. We know that the trail is hard. We know that there'll be persecution. We know that's part of it. And we just accept that boldly and gladly in our heart because we're doing the service of, of our Lord and Savior. We're working at a level higher than we could ever imagine. And that's the greatest gift in all of this. But it, if, we'd, if you lack that relationship, if you lack that commitment, you lack that deep understanding of purpose, then when you're climbing that hill, that hill just gets to be a hard hill. And sometimes it's so hard, you're like, yeah, screw this, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm going the other way. And many will fall. That's a brutal reality. And as much as we will continue to strive and must continue to strive to be the lamp on the hill and the builder of bridges, not everyone can climb and not everyone will. It's a choice that they're going to make. Our role is not to judge. Our role is to open doors, to extend that hand, to show them what the true power of the love of Christ is within us. And it's profound. And it's there that we really, people can begin to see in the sea of confusion. They can witness what it is to be that amazing, amazing shaft of wheat that comes up out of the, out of the tars. That's us. And they can make a choice of whether they want to migrate towards the wheat or whether they want to fall with the tars. And many will choose the tars because they don't see what's coming. They can't imagine that somebody would actually bundle up the tars and burn them. But that's where it's going. And on the other hand, there is this amazing climb, which I don't foresee it ending anytime soon. And this is why I reject so much of this obsession that we see within the Patriot movement, this constant looking for someone else to fix it for us. We've been given dominion here on this earth. We have been given the authority to step on snakes and scorpions. We have been given the right to, to take dominion over evil. That's been given to us by Christ. Those are profound statements and profound blessings that we've been given. We have been equally, we have been given the promise, the assurance that we can do greater works than he because Christ has gone to the Father. Those are huge things. Those aren't some sort of spiritual mysticism that we're trying to do some woo magic and to make things happen. These are words given to us by Christ himself of the capabilities and potentials of who we are. So how do we get there? And it always begins with a fundamental thing, trust. So let me ask you this in a rhetorical way, but something to ponder and take to prayer. When you vote, when you're walking in the world with all that you've seen now, who do you trust with your life? Because every time you vote, every time you're participant out here and trusting someone else to take their authority over you, you're trusting your life with them. Who do you trust to have authority over you in this world? I would say that if I'd asked that question three years ago, four years ago, most people would have responded with President Trump. I would hope today that now everyone would agree that no one but Christ Jesus or Father himself has authority over us. And that's there the biggest shift and the most biggest reminder of the path that we now walk. 
we have to consider very carefully our decisions. When our dis- with each decision, we're accountable. And in a process of a system that keeps telling us and reminding us we need to vote, I'm asking myself a simple question all the time. Why so much emphasis on voting when the system is broken? Why so much emphasis on voting when nothing has changed since 2022? Why does everyone keep telling people to vote when we have a looming shortage, a massive shortage of food coming? Why does people keep telling everyone to vote when gas costs are skyrocketing? Inflation, is it hyperinflation? And we're about ready to lose our entire sovereignty. Isn't it amazing that in this election cycle we just went through, not one candidate stood a platform on ending the vax, stopping the WHO vote, retaining U.S. sovereignty, getting rid of big agriculture, and going back to, or at least encouraging small victory gardens or patriot gardens, and getting back to holistic health. Not one stood on that platform. Not one person on the platform has said to the nation, we need to repent as a nation. We need to come to our senses, bow down before God, and ask for forgiveness for the sins that we've done. Sure, they, they, they give you the little lip service about whether someone's going to be pro-abortion or anti-abortion. That's, that's nothing compared to what we just talked about. Not one candidate called for the nation to repent. Not one that I know of. And I'm not going to say none of them, but not one that I know of. See, this is the core of where we are. We have forgotten our way as a country. And we have truly forgotten how important it is as a nation to stand before God, to put our hearts before God, to repent and ask for forgiveness. Because too many think that there's no, nothing to forgive. Or it's someone else's problem. Those two things go hand in hand. It's now become apparently a human right to abort a child. A human right. Probably so, because that's Satan's domain right there. It's now become a place where we no longer have mothers, but we have birthing people or something like birthing something or other. Some insanity like that. We don't refer to mother, mom. We don't, we don't look at fathers as normal. A father can be a woman that used to be a man that's now a, a, identifies as a cat. You can be anything you want. And the one thing that's consistently coming out in the news is that every one of these freaks that they pick up in one way or another is a transgender or some sort of LGBTQ freak that is now abusing kids, every one of them. And isn't it amazing that it's the LGBTQ movement that's so much behind abortion and it's the LGBTQ movement that is absolutely trying to destroy the the current perception of the family. And what else is common? Not one of them has the ability to naturally carry a child and nurture it in a loving relationship as God structured. It's not there. This is the great deception. And we are fighting now for the core values of what we are and what God made us. It has nothing to do with red, white, and blue, and stars. It doesn't even have to do with boundaries. I'm going to be getting into this more in depth next week, but I want you to think about something because I touched on it earlier tonight on the previous show. We're seeing a mass migration out of, out of key states. New York, one, one is California. And yet if we look at California, we see all of these measures being passed Six months after birth, you can kill a child. 
all these benefits going to immigrants that are non-U.S. citizens. Everything is against the U.S. citizen. Everything is being geared up towards something other. And yet what they're creating is the perfect haven for the elites. We're declaring victory over the fact that the Supreme Court is probably going to take down the Roe versus Wade. It's now going to become a states' rights issue. And we're okay with the idea, at least nominally okay, with the idea that in this country, a state can decide for its people what's best. And so some states will be pro-abortion and some states won't. So companies are already gearing up to pay for abortions on out-of-state abortions and pay for the time off for employees. What's that all about? Well, think about this. These injections, this whole technology around mRNA requires a late-term abortion to get the stem cells necessary and the fetal cells to make it work. This is a lot of the reason that we've seen such a spike in the policies that allow for late-term abortions. So all we're allowing to do in this future scenario that the elites are doing is they're driving out the dissenters that are going to the states and they're all going and they know where you are. They're just herding you in while the elites build their hovels. They're happy in their gated communities surrounded by impoverished people that in the most part don't care. The homeless are okay receiving a UBI of 200 a month and a free cell phone and a, and a subscription to, to Netflix. They're okay with being able to park a tent anywhere in the street because they're not accountable to anything. They get free health care. They get everything they want. And for the elites, they're great because they just have whatever they need. Whenever they need it, they can go out and acquire it by buying labor or buying someone to birth a child for whatever dark purposes they have. And oh, by the way, that other concept of needing mRNA for the vaccines, well, that's great because now we have states that become factories for it because they're going to be magnets towards people drawing it in. Here's my point. If we're going to cling on to the idea of a United States that somehow is going to be fundamentally divided on key moral issues, we're not a United States at all. We are trying to remake a world in God's image, and we are trying to work into God's laws. We cannot coexist with a California, even if there's good people there, we can't coexist with a California that has legalized abortion and legalized all of these things that perpetuate a sinful lifestyle, like teaching Aztec death rituals in their schools. This is not a compatible system anymore. And so one of the dark red pills that we have to start facing is we are no longer a United States. We are rebuilding the United States, and it's going to take a demand on us that are strong in our red counties to secure our counties truly with God on the throne and our Constitution valuably and powerfully working. And if that means that you have to exclude and defend against the policies that come out of cities like Portland or Seattle or San Francisco, they're going to have to simply become small city states within the state. And that's the way it is. And eventually, eventually there cannot be a coexistence. We're going to have to confront the dark reality that either they leave this nation or they succumb to Jericho. This is the truth of where we are. And it's a mentality that we all have to start getting in our head. God has called us to this time, not to be weak, but to be bold. God has called us to this line, not to avoid this fight, but to step into it. If he wanted us to run away, he wouldn't have asked us to be here. He wouldn't have born, brought us birth and brought our life into this time. 
We owe all that is here to and our existence to Father. And it is, a, it is a powerful time now for us to be able to stand and act into what we were expected to be. This is a choice, and it won't be for everyone. There will be people that will step back and say, I can't walk that path. I have to go to the full love and hug of what I believe Christianity is like. Then have at it. But I, for one, will not give away my faith to compromise for a non-biblical view of the world and give away my faith to compromise to the sinful natures of the many that are trying to steer this nation. And I would hope you wouldn't either. This is a time that we have to dig in. And we dig in first and foremost. We don't need to get loud. They're loud. They're ugly. They're mouthy. They're, They're all sorts of things but real. And they definitely aren't aligned with God. And of course we'll pray for our enemies because we need to and must. We don't seek anything of destructive nature. But at the same time, we're not a doormat to be walked on and trampled on. And when it comes to our faith in God and our love in Christ, that is something that is a a line that no one can pass. I don't know what these people are. I know that they're sick. I know that they're psychopaths. I know that they have no empathy. And I know that they're out of control and believe they're beyond any sort of, of accountability to the people. But I know this. They hate God, which means that makes me smile because every opportunity I have, I'll, pro- I'll proclaim Christ and I'll proclaim all the power that Jesus gives me and I'll pro- proclaim scripture in front of them just to make them irritated and lose their damn mind because as far as I'm concerned, they're just demons. And that's a power that we have each and every one of us. So I say all these things always, never to disempower, but to empower. But this is a time that people have to dig in. This is a war. It's a very real war. What we face is very real. We're losing sovereignty, being stripped away by a handful of people that decided for us how our future would be. That is not what God gave us on this earth. And it's not what our promises were in our founding documents of this nation. What was handed to us in this nation was a land that God gave us our rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it had nothing to do with a bunch of elite psychopaths, most of them sexual freaks, that have decided that they want to diddle your kids and turn us all into their slaves for the enjoyment of exploitation and their own personal fun. I don't play that game. So it's time, patriots, for each one of us to take this to prayer. It's time for each one of us to start rising up. But let God guide you. I'm not telling you to go crazy and walk out the door. Take it to prayer. Seek the counsel that God provides for you. Seek the counsel that Jesus gives in each and every day. But I'll tell you, I'm clear with what I say. I have no issue whatsoever with the words or conflict with my relationship with God and through Jesus. I'm clear. Christ flipped tables and took out a whip. And there's a time when you flip tables and take out out a whip. There's times when you stand up and you confront the Pharisees in their own temple and you do so fearlessly. And there's times that you can stand boldly even in the garden knowing that the fate that that awaits you is horrible, but you stand there fearlessly because you know that no matter what becomes, the actions that you're led to do, that God leads you on whatever path are greater than anything you can perceive because you will change the world by walking with Father. This is where we are. 
This is who we are if we are truly going to walk in the power of the Lord. And it's time that we reclaim it because it's been smothered and beaten down by too much marshmallow pulpitry. We need strength in the Christian movement. We need the strength and the glory of God. It doesn't need to be tempered by what's ever in a temple. Christ didn't need a temple. He spoke the words. He gave us the guidance. And now it's time we live into it. This is truly our time. It's a powerful time. Behold, I have given you the authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. Luke 10, 19. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. John fourteen twelve. I would encourage you to read those two verses every day. I have, and I've committed to it for some time. And every time I read it, they open my eyes to a greater depth of something we have yet to capture. There's mystery in that that needs unlocking, and it only unlocks through prayer. And then I close each night or each day when I read those two, I always read the verse that was given to me at Bard's Fest. And it's one that always puts the challenge before me of what path will I take? Jeremiah 6.16, thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. I will seek the ancient paths. I do understand that we have been given this authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy. And I'm continually asking for the beauty of the message that says that we will do greater works than he, as he, Jesus, has gone to the Father. We stand at a precipice in this nation. We stand as a precipice as God's children, greater than this nation. It's time that we make a hard, hard commitment to the path we're going to walk. You don't climb Mount Ephesus with tennis shoes. We see the mountain before us. Get your gear ready. Pack your pack. Get the equipment you need. The storm is here and the climb is about to begin. We've been on it so far, but it hasn't demanded everything yet, but it will. So be ready. And no matter what happens, know that God is with you. Christ is with each one of us, and we have a fellowship around us. That's the strength that allows us to conquer great mountains and to do so with the Lord and under the banner of Christ. Let us pray. Father, we are here tonight just humbled by all that's before us with the ability for us to see clearly all that has been of this world that we trusted, a world that has been deception from our entire life a world that has quietly in the shadows engineered such a thing to subdue us, to enslave us, and to pervert everything of your word. And so, Father, I come to you tonight with all that join me in this prayer, opening my heart and saying, this is the red line. We'll not comply. We will not participate. And we will stand up against such evil. Father, lead us in this time, whether you call on us to be a David or a Gideon 
or a Joshua. These are times now that we need your guidance in each and every step. And we pray that you'll open those doors and point to us as we need to take the steps that you need us to do in this battle, in this war, which is ultimately the fight for our souls. We come to you open-hearted, humbled, and we ask for repentance for the sins that we personally have done and for the sins of this nation, which are many. We equally pray for mercy for this nation, a nation that has gone so far away from you. And so we plead for that mercy, Lord, as we fight for the power to put you back on the throne, not just for a few, but for the many. This world needs to be shaken. We need to see the eyes open to the power and glory of all that you are. And whether that is through us or by your own hand, we are here and ready. Guide us, Father, in this time. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Be bold. Be fearless. And be focused. We come to a point in every fight, no matter how long you're going, that you have to take a pause. We've each been going along this fight in various different ways. Lots of noise. Lots of different things we do to awaken people. We've had... Pain in the family, pain in divisions, pain of loss of people. We've had the wrath of different folks lashing out at us, calling us crazy, tin hatter, whatever. All that's in the past. It doesn't matter. It should never have stuck on you. And if it did, simply pray to Jesus to heal the wounds. But here's where we are. We've been walking on this for some time. There's a lot of noise and we can see from the things that just happened, it was a pretty intense ambush we just got hit with. We're okay. We survived it. The enemy's repositioning. But we're not going to make a mistake of jumping too fast and too quick. This is when you take a knee. You take a sip of water and you assess your terrain. Take a breath. Collect your thoughts. Make sure your pack is all set right. Make sure your kit is okay. Check your ammo. Make sure it's good. This only takes a few seconds in the fight, but it seems like an eternity. Now be ready. Because when you launch, you're going to launch like the ferocity of a lion. You're going to strike with viciousness. And it will never be forgotten. Because God's children are rising. The righteous are about ready to be heard. And when that thunder claps, the world will shake like it has never shaken before. Because they will know something. That God's children have drawn a line. A line in the sand. And we say no more. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers focused, patriots. We need all the wisdom. Each one of us needs all the wisdom that we can hear from God because he's pouring it out. And Christ is right there with us. In this time, God is with us and he'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place for just this sort of thing, just this fight. So walk with Christ fearlessly. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove That we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose
Darling 